Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Welcome to another edition of the Gold Nose Podcast. I am your host, Gregory McCoy. This podcast is by a fan for fans. I am not a journalist. I am not a reporter. I am not an insider. I do not work for a website. The majority of my content comes from me, in my opinion. Other information comes from the internet. Today is March 13th, 2020. I got about five different segments here for this episode. I hope you enjoy it. Uh, First segment is entitled, Do Former Players Make Good Head Coaches or Just Good Coaches, Period? Um, Just doing my little research here on the internet. Um, I would say the best two right now are probably Mike Vray, Mike Vrabel for the Titans, and uh, I'll probably go with uh, Jim Harbaugh. I mean, you just like anything in life, you're gonna have good and bad. But um, Mike Dicker was pretty good. Um. And I'm just gonna stick with football. Of course, you've had other coach, other coaches in other sports. Um, that uh, that were pretty good. Um, so I'm just gonna stick with football. I would say the best ever player turned coach. Um. I'm looking, I'm researching. I want to say Andy Reid, man, but um cuz he's had a lot of success in his career. Um Herm Edwards is pretty good. Internet's acting stupid right now. Um Bill Cowher, Tony Dungy, um maybe you had some really great coaches I mean players turn coaches in football um it's it's kind of from what I've you know seen and you know listened to they it's kind of hard for a great player to become a coach because their standards are so high most players can't live up to those standards but usually your great coaches were mediocre players if you notice, Mike Vrabel is probably the the one exception that was a pretty good linebacker, caught a lot of touchdowns from Tom Brady in Super Bowls, and um, is, a, is a pretty good coach. He's probably the one guy that most of your top all-time players don't even like, wouldn't even, don't even do coaching. Um, so let me know what you think about that segment. If you have... If you can think of any great players that became coaches and that were that were successful at it, let me know in the comments. Um, 
next segment is entitled the quarterbacks that came after the Heisman quarterback. So for Chris Winkie or actually for Charlie Ward, it would have been uh, Danny Connell, I believe. After Chris Winkie, it was Chris Ricks. And then after Jameis Winston, it was a combination of Sean McGuire and Everett Golson. Um, Danny Connell is probably the best out of that bunch, in my opinion. Um, he didn't leave Florida State to a national championship, but the program didn't falter um, while he was uh, playing QB. Um let me bring up Danny Connell's stats at Florida State. Um, still a young guy, man. He's only 46 years old. Um, he was a fourth round pick in 1996. ACC Player of the Year, 1995. ACC Offensive Player of the Year. 1995. Um, he was the backup to Charlie Ward. Um, I'm just reading over some stuff here. His greatest accomplishment was, of course, the choke at the dope. Um, his senior year, he led the team to a 10-2 record and a win over Notre Dame in the Orange Bowl. So he, he was pretty good in his career, man. He backed up Charlie Ward. Now, Chris Ricks. Chris, Chris Ricks was probably the next best guy after the Heisman winners. Um... Two thousand one to two thousand four, he won a Gator Bowl. He won an Orange Bowl and another Gator Bowl. He's from California. Still a young guy. He's only thirty eight. Um, he's the only four year starter in school's history under Bobby Bowden. Um, I think he was like twenty five and eleven. Yeah, twenty five and eleven. Um, so not bad, not great. But not bad. He he didn't. The program didn't falter really that bad. I mean, for our standards, it was bad. But um, it could have been worse. Could have been like it is now. Um, doesn't show any of his stats. And his best season. It was in 2003. He passed for 3,107 yards and 23 touchdowns. So, um, he's second. I don't know how up-to-date this Wikipedia is, but it's saying he's second in school history and passes attempted, completed, and touchdowns thrown. Chris, he missed the 2003 Sugar Bowl after he overslept and missed an exam, subsequently causing him to be suspended for the game. Idiot. Um, 
So the next guy is going to be Everett Golson. I don't really need to read off any of his stats because he really didn't do anything at Florida State of note. Um, he did a lot of great things at Notre Dame. Um, he didn't really do anything at Florida State. Um, then we started out six at O. Um, we went ten and three, and you know, got our doors blown off by Houston and the Chick Fil A Peach Bowl. But um, Sean McGuire. Look him up. Sean McGuire. Apologize for the silence. Just looking up information. He's only 26. Still a young guy. Big guy. 6'3", 232. Um... He was the third string back up in the 2013 championship year behind Winston and Jacob Coker. Um, he started one game against the Clemson Tigers, which he won 23-17, which is actually the last time we beat Clemson in <laughs> uh, six years ago now. Um, so... Um, He was initially named the starting quarterback. But Everett Golson had transferred. He beat out Golson for the job. So, um, you know, it's rough taking over a job when when the previous guy won the Heisman because um, the standards are going to be very high. But like I said, I would think I feel like Danny Connell was the best out of those quarterbacks that took over for a Heisman winner. Um, so let me know who you think was the best um, after the Heisman quarterbacks had left. And I'm going to move on to the next segment, which is entitled Reestablishing the Virginia Pipeline. Now, I'm just going to Derek Nandi, Josh Sweat, um, to a lesser extent, uh, Kalen LeBourne, EJ Manuel. Um, those are the only names I can see right now. Um, Levante Taylor, if I didn't already say his name. We used to go up there and get basically whoever we wanted, man. I mean, a lot of five-star guys. Now that pipeline is just dead. Um, I would like to see them reestablish that. Because that, that area, Washington, D.C., Virginia, Maryland, they produce a lot of great talent. Um, we recently we had AJ Lighton, but he, I don't know what happened. He fell out of favor, or he did something wrong. I don't know, but we used to go up there and get guys, man. And we need to try to reestablish that pipeline. Um. So let me know what you think about that segment, reestablishing the Virginia pipeline. Next segment is entitled "Can 
Cam Akers be a first-round pick, uh, without a doubt. Uh, I think he did well at the combine. I think he did uh, 447 at 510, 217. That's pretty good for a man that size. Um, he he. I think he did like 20 or 25 reps on 225. That's awesome. That's awesome for a running back. Um, so I, I like I've said, I'm on record as saying I would like to see my 49ers pick him up at uh 31, pick 31. Um, I think he he can be a every down back. He can catch screens. He's got good hands. He can run between the tackles. He's not scared to run people over. I just I feel like he would be the perfect fit fit for this team. Cause we, I mean, Tevin Coleman is probably our power back, but he's not really a power back. So I think this would be a great pickup for um, my boys. But I think I definitely see him going in the first round. Um, I, I just think the talent is too good for him not to be a uh, first-round pick. Um, I don't know what else to say about Cam Akers, man. Uh, plays very hard. Very smart player. Um Gave max effort for three years at Florida State. I don't blame him for leaving. He's a running back. You can only take so many hits as a running back. And you got to maximize your talent. And that's what he's doing. I can't I can't be mad at him for that. Um, so let me know what you think about uh, Cam Akers going in the first round. Do you think it's going to happen? And... The last segment for this episode is entitled Josh Sweat, Boom or Bus. Um, Internet's acting crazy. Here we go. He was a five-star recruit. Um, I don't know why this is doing that, but. He played three years at Florida State. I don't really feel like he did anything of note. Um, I'm trying to look up his. He hasn't really done anything in the NFL. Um, He wears number 94. He's 6'5", 251. He's 22 years old. Um, I think he's like a backup, so I don't, I'm not going to say he's a bust, because he's like, he's not even a starter, um, I think he should have stayed for his senior year, and got more experience, um, so I'm not ready to call him a bust, I mean, he had a great workout, he ran a great 40 at the Combine, uh, several years ago, but um, I just want to give him another. He's only 22 years old, man. He's only 22. Um, and he was a he only he got drafted two years ago, so he was 20 years old when he got in the league. So we got to give him more time to develop, man. And then I'll be I'll give him I'll give him two more years if he's not doing anything by. 
you know, 20, age of 24, then I'm ready to say he's a bust. Um, so let me know what you think about that segment. Josh Sweat, Boom or Bust. That's going to conclude this episode. It's available wherever you listen to podcasts at. All right. It's available on YouTube. Um, I want to thank everyone who listens on a daily basis. Um, I'm in the process of getting T-shirts made. And I'm going to do some stuff where I would reward listeners for listening. Um, like sending you a free T-shirt or something. Um, so I'm working on that. Um, thank you again to the people that listen on a daily basis. I really appreciate your support. And as always, go Knows.